This week, I've been chased around by the word Alleluia. It started last Sunday on Easter Sunday when Bishop Rose sang it as part of her Easter message, and it was beautiful. And uh, I, I noted it, and I thought that's inspiring, and then I haven't been able to shake it off since. Not that I've been trying to, I hasten to add. It's part of our liturgy in Easter week, isn't it? What does it mean? Well, it means praise God or boast in God. And for me, it served as a timely reminder of where life and power really come from. They come from God, and that might sound extremely obvious, but it's something that we need to keep on remembering when it comes to prayer. I don't know about you, but I've started to get a bit overwhelmed by the sheer amount of stuff on the internet, on social media, on websites, etc. All that, you know, the, the singing projects. Suddenly, social media is awash with people singing things. Uh, the craft projects, the writing projects, the house renovation projects, the gardening projects, the ideas for things you might do in lockdown that will change your life. And that's before we get to all the church services, Bible studies and prayer resources, of course. There's some brilliant stuff out there. But none of it is going to change the world unless we know where life, power, hope, grace, freedom really come from. And that is the message of Easter and the resurrection. I remember doing some work for Spring Harvest a long time ago now, probably about 12, 13 years ago. And I was working uh, with a colleague and we were producing seminars together. And he was a very wise uh, and humble and uh, inspiring man that I learned a lot from. And I remember he called me up in a very gentle way. He pulled me up one day because I said, Jesus rose from the dead. And he said, Lindell, Jesus did not rise from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. And I have never forgotten that because it's the reminder that resurrection is the work that only God can do. The changing of our lives, the changing of the lives of those around us. Isn't that our diocesan uh, vision strapline? Changed lives, changing lives. That change is resurrection change, and it only comes from God. And it's why we pray. When we pray, we hold ourselves and the situations and the people that we pray for in the sunbeam of resurrection life. I have one of those elderly Labradors who follows the sun. Every time the sun, the patch of sun on the floor moves, he moves into the sun. And he is a reminder to me of what prayer is at its very simplest, it is to stop and to sit and to wait and to hold our lives and the lives of others in the sunbeam of resurrection life. Waiting for God to do what only God can do. So I'm an advocate for a prayer rhythm. I love a prayer rhythm because it's rhythm that helps me to stop and hold things in resurrection life. But if prayer has got complicated for you, might I encourage you to remember that very simple premise that what we do when we pray is to hold things in the sunbeam of resurrection life and to wait for resurrection to do its work, not on our time scale, not 
maybe even as we would like it to, but in God's way, in God's time and by God's power. I want to finish by reading you a prayer which was sent to me today. Lots of people are sending me uh, things that they're doing in prayer at the moment from around the diocese, and I'm thoroughly enjoying this. And this is a prayer by David Adam, and it's from his book, Tides and Seasons. It says this. Lord, I wait for the tide to turn until the distant becomes close, until the far off becomes near, until the outside is within, until the ebb flows. Lord, I wait for the tide to turn, until weakness is made strong, until blindness turns to sight, until the fractured is made whole, until the ebb flows. Lord, I wait until the tide turns, until the ordinary becomes strange, until the empty is presence full, until the two become one, until the ebb flows. Amen and Alleluia.